0: Welcome back, friends of the pod, to Opportunity Unlocked. I'm your host, Noah Ifrigan, and as always, thank you for tuning in. We all miss sports. The roar of the crowd, the shocking headlines, the heated arguments. With the postponement of the big four North American sports, fans across the world are patiently waiting for signs of a return. And there's light. So let's talk about it and focus in on the great sport of hockey. Today's interview is with Tom Anselmi, the president of business operations for the Edmonton Oilers. Tom is a longtime sports executive, having made major impacts across many organizations. He had a 17-year career at MLSC, eventually becoming the president and COO, where he oversaw the development of the ACC and the creation of Maple Leaf Square, also known as Jurassic Park. He then served as the CEO of the Ottawa Senators until 2018. Prior to his time at MLSC, Tom played a major role in developing the Skydome in Toronto known today as the Rogers Centre. He was also the Vice President at Canuck Sports and Entertainment in Vancouver. Tom is a member of the Board of Canada's Walk of Fame and the NHL Alumni Association. He is also an active supporter of Canada's military and in 2011 received the CDS Commendation, the highest military honour for a civilian. With hockey at a halt, the Oilers, along with the 30 other teams in the NHL, have had big questions on their mind about what is to come. Today, I talk with Tom about his perspective on this reality and how the Oilers have reacted. As a disclaimer, this was recorded before the NHL's big announcement of their 24-team playoff format, but nonetheless, we have a great conversation about the state of the league. This is a short one, but I promise a good one. Here we go. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Pleasure. Happy to be here.
0: So, you're a longtime sports executive, spending almost 20 years with MLSC, then the Ottawa Senators, and now the Oilers. But a lot of people might not know that you actually first studied landscape architecture and engineering, and then started your career as a minor in Alberta and Saskatchewan. What is the story here, and how did you eventually end up in sports?
1: Uh, well, listen, we're going way back here, okay? The, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, um, you'll hear a recurring theme from me today here, which is, you know, leadership is, is leadership and it's the same uh, in any profession. And, uh, you know, we we, uh, we learn functional skills early in our career. We learn to be leaders as our career develops And that leadership. Those sets of skills are transferable amongst, you know, virtually any industry, right? And so, uh, you know, I started in the uh, engineering field and economy was a little tough in Ontario. We ended up out in the Out in the prairies, and you know, landed a job as a surveyor's helper up in northern Saskatchewan, and making about six bucks an hour, I think, if I remember correctly. And uh, you know, uh, that was you know, heavy industrial construction, a uranium mine, and uh, you know, ended up going back to school, finishing an engineering degree out in Saskatchewan while I was there. And you know, was uh, spent the early part of my career on a number of different really interesting projects in you know Alberta, North Dakota, Montana, uh, British Columbia. And, and Saskatchewan over Saskatchewan, and, uh, potash, uranium, all these different things. And uh, i had been doing that for a while and then uh, ended up back home and Skydome was just becoming this uh, big deal. And I said, hey, that's construction. That was interesting and got myself involved in that. And that was really the start of it uh, back in about 1987 or something like that.
0: So the Skydome was sort of your first project in sports then?
1: Yeah, during the construction of it. So I ended up working for the project management team and, uh, and, uh, you know, and then while, while there, you know, uh, you know, anytime you're involved in building something, you learn the operating side of it uh, so that it's, you know, so that what you're building works for, for the user, right? So I started to learn about this, the, the operating side of the sports business and, uh, and decided at that point to stay on for a while after it was up and running and started to learn more about that. And, uh, you know, before you know it... Um, that became an opportunity in Vancouver when there was a new arena coming, uh, going to be built out there. And, uh, you know, did that for a while and then stayed out and operated the building for a while. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about uh, rounding yourself out, you know, learning more functional skills while you, uh, while you develop yourself as a leader and being around the right people. And, you know, I had a lot of luck along the way and, uh, you know, lots of good timing, you know, a lot of preparation or opportunity to meet. You know, I had a lot of that as well. And, uh, you know, hard work and build relationships. And, you know, the secrets to success are pretty straightforward. It doesn't matter who you are and what you do. It's uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of doing the simple things really well.
0: Uh-huh. And now, you know, after having such a long career as, as a sports executive, do you find that, that your engineering skills and what you learn still translate to what you do today in any capacity?
1: you know, I guess to some extent, you know, wherever your starting point was still plays some sort of role in your style of thinking and how you, you know, how you behave, you know, you know, we're, we're creatures of a lot of different things, right? And, uh, you know, there's learned behavior, uh, our personality types, uh, and then there's experiences along the way. And all of those things contribute to, you know, to what you end up becoming. Um, so yeah, I suppose to some extent, but, you know, at the end of the day, I learned a lot more about marketing and sales over the last twenty five years than I ever learned about engineering, probably. So you know I'm probably better at that than I am as a as a technologist. but again, it's 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 all about continuous learning, hard work, building relationships, and you know good things happen.
0: And you spent an extended period of time at MLSC helping to build the organization into the behemoth it is today. and your work included overseeing the development of the ACC, which is Navscotch Bank Arena. And the creation of Jurassic Park, which is also known as Maple Leaf Square, these are essential components of Toronto sports today. But what was your vision for them before they were actually created?
1: We had a terrific executive team there, that um, and, a, and a great ownership group uh, who really challenged us to grow the business. And I mean, I started with uh, with Maple Leaf Gardens Limited before the Leafs and the Raptors came together, uh, and when uh, the Air Canada Centre at the time had already been started. Uh, we merged the two companies together, and uh, all of a sudden, we now had a venue that needed to change. We changed the venue, brought the two companies together, merged it into one, uh, you know, one sort of business culture with two very important brands, the Leafs and the Raptors, two very different brands, two very different fan bases, um, and started to shape the company at that point. Uh, and then, like I said, our ownership group uh, challenged us with growing the business, and that's what really brought us into things like... You know, BMO Field and TFC, and the Marlies bringing them back home, and Maple Leaf Square, and uh, and what we did out there. and Just uh, had, a, had an amazing experience there with a great group of people, and we really uh, created the start of something special that, you know, we saw culminate last year with the Raptors Championship. The Leafs are a good team, and TFC's won a championship, the Argos have won a championship, and so... The seeds of all of that were sown a long time ago. I'd like to think, and uh, and uh, it was a really just a spectacular thing to be a part of. You know, Maple Leaf Square. When we conceived of that, did we expect it to become? You know what it became? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think anybody could have. Uh, it was um, it was really an idea about growing outside of the footprint of the twenty thousand seats in the building. But uh, but boy oh boy, did it ever become a phenomenon! And now uh, buildings all over North America and all over the world are creating environments for fans to experience the event live, even though they're not inside the building. It's uh, it's a, become a really cool thing
0: huh now you you're helping to work on the ice district in, in Edmonton, which is the two and a half billion dollar project in development right now that when finished will be the largest mixed use sports and entertainment district in all of Canada. so how is that shaping up and you know what kind of uh, what kind of environment are you trying to create there
1: uh well it's uh, it's a great opportunity um, you know obviously we're a little bit in in uh, suspended animation right now, but um, it was one of the things that attracted me to it. Uh, you know what our owner Daryl Cates, and what he and his team have created there is just. Is just something to be seen. The, the arena is spectacular. Um, Ford Hall that uh, crosses 104th Street and connects with the hotel and the and, uh, ice district and uh, the plaza is, is just spectacular, the whole thing. It really is. It, it's going to be great. It's just getting finished now. The first phase is uh, just about finished. And, uh, you know, once we get back into business here, we're going to uh, be looking forward to really lighting it up and seeing what, what it can do. But it's, it's got the opportunity to be something really special.
0: Uh I'm definitely excited to see how it turns out as well. So now you're managing the business operation of the Oilers at a time where there is no business because of COVID, with the NHL being suspended. How is the Oilers organization treating this downtime, and what are you guys focusing on?
1: Several things, you know. One is uh, the last couple of months, we've been really just trying to figure it out and make our way, like a lot of businesses. You know, working with the league, working with public health authorities, working with our people. Um, You know, there's uh, all kinds of stakeholders in this, and. You know, obviously, um, you know, this isn't just about us or it just isn't about business, but it's about people and it's about health and it's about uh, the world we live in and impact on the global economy and, and some big, big things that, you know, that have been really uh, tough for a lot of people to get their arms around. So we're, we've been, uh, you know, trying to move cautiously and methodically and, uh, and, you know, protect the business and protect our people and protect our fans and make sure that we um, do a lot of listening and do this right uh, you know there's an old saying though that you know never you never waste a good crisis and so one of the challenges right now for for me and our whole team is to figure out how we come out of this better
0: and you became a part of the organization before the start of this season I mean the team was you know coming off a stretch of a couple of bad years without having making the playoffs but this year you guys totally turned it around battling towards a division title when the season ended up stopping. What was the reaction by the team and the organization when things sort of came to a halt and, you know, you were in the midst of all this momentum?
1: Well, we're really disappointed, of course. You know, we, uh, um, you know, we went into the uh, season with modest expectations, hoping to be a team that competed coming out of the all-star break. And uh, we were, we were in the hunt uh, and that's where we wanted to be. And, uh, you know, and so we had nice momentum and our fans were, uh, rallying behind us as they always do in Edmonton. And, uh, you know, so to have this, uh, throw a, you know, throw a curveball at you like this is, um, is nothing anybody was looking for. But, uh, like I said earlier, you know, this is, um, this is bigger than just us and bigger than hockey and, uh, and, uh, you know, something that really, uh, affects the whole world, um, you know, both economically and socially, and so keeping it in perspective is really important too. And uh, you know, I know the league's doing that as they, you know, evaluate different uh, return to play scenarios and the like, and and uh, and and that's uh, that's the right way to do this.
0: Uh huh. And in terms of you know hope for the future in regards to the NHL season, discussion about what's going to be happening with the season since its postponement seems to be making progress as the weeks go by. For example right now there's a lot of talk about hosting the rest of the season in some candidate hub cities which Edmonton is actually a front runner for and has been pushing for. What's your vision for for the end of the season here? What what would be an ideal scenario for you?
1: Uh, well, I think you know the league's been really uh, uh, has been very public on wanting to finish the the season um, in some fashion and we support that 100% and uh, you know, they're looking at all kinds of different options. Uh, and consulting with the teams and consulting with the players and all the stakeholders and you know, nothing's been determined but um, uh, we' certainly love to play a part of that and uh, and if we if, if that happens great um, you know most important is uh, you know getting getting back in business in some fashion and doing it in a safe and, and orderly kind of way and uh, and making sure that we're not putting our fans or our players or our people or anybody at risk and uh, that's what they're focused on right now but uh, you know would we love to be a part of that for sure
0: Amazing. Of course, safety is of the utmost importance and and is is the leading factor when considering any decision. But what is your perspective on on playing hockey games without fans from a business standpoint and also from an entertainment standpoint? Because you envision it being a little bit weird?
1: Sports is like everything else in the world. It's going to change somewhat here for a while. Uh, And... Whatever normal is, um, it's going to take some time for that to happen. And normal might be a different normal than what we're used to for a longer period of time. And, um, you know, we're just in the process of trying to figure that out. You know, obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, the gate and, and, and is it's is it an important part of our business. And so that needs to be considered. And just how we play and, uh, uh, you know, how, what the experience is like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, and we'll see if we find out.
0: I'm very excited to see the direction the NHL goes in and and sports of all kinds as well. Uh, And life without sports is a little bit weird for all the sports fans around the world who who are missing the teams and the sports that they love to watch so much, both on TV and in person. For you, as someone working in the sports world who is known to attend and watch every single game that you could at MLSC, and I'm sure you're doing the same with the Senators and now the Oilers, what is life like for you without sports?
1: Well, I I miss it. I think, uh, you know, uh, sports is an important part of our, of our of our lives socially and uh, something we all rally around it's uh, it 's a, a touch point for people. Uh, I remember when nine eleven happened sports had a lot to do with with uh, life coming back to normal again after that that played an important role in uh, in getting people to sort of readjust after the the crisis of nine eleven and we haven 't had that so far as um, In in reacting to this pandemic, and so you know, I miss it. I uh, and especially this time of year is a great time of year. Hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, soccer's getting started up, uh, football's getting started up. I mean, it's a great time of year. Um, Golf's in full swing. You know, yeah, we miss it. You know, at the end of the day, it'll be back and it'll be back uh, better than ever, I believe, and stronger than ever, and and just as important as ever. And uh, and like all things, you know, we'll be looking at this in the rearview mirror uh, sometime in the not too distant future and going, Hey, yeah, I remember when.
0: Mm-hmm. And to send it off here, Tom, to all the hockey fans and fans of all sports around the world who miss the great games that they love, what's your message to them and, uh, hope for the future.
1: Well, listen, like I said earlier, we'll, we'll be back. And, uh, and, uh, hockey is, uh, you know, is the straw that stirs the drink here for a lot of us in Canada and, uh, and North America. It's such a great game. And especially this time of year, uh, the Playoff hockey is nothing like it. The uh, Stanley Cup is still, you know, the hardest uh, trophy to win in sports, and uh, and uh, playoff hockey is just spectacular. And but uh, listen, we'll be back, and uh, and um, most important is we all hang together right now and uh, and get through this as a country and do the right thing, and uh, you know, listen to the professionals. Uh, they'll ultimately determine when it's safe to play hockey, and when they do, we'll be there.
0: Amazing. Tom, thank you so much for your wise words, and I appreciate you joining me on the
1: show. Anytime, no.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Opportunity Unlocked. If you want to learn more about our guest, look back at the key takeaways of our discussion, or check out any of the content that was mentioned, you can find it all in the episode notes below. And if you enjoyed, make sure to subscribe and give the podcast a review in the Apple Podcasts app. Thank you for checking in and stay tuned for more episodes with exciting business leaders coming soon.